You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 112 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Malisha. How are you, Gina? I'm great. Uh, Little pineapple tart. (laughs) Yes, MC Mungbean. (laughs) Have you written any more raps? I've extended the rap that I gave to you last week, but this is a uh, clean. Do we still have a clean rating for this podcast? Yeah, of course. We're we're like yes, nice ladies. Yes, we are. We're very nice. We're ladies. Mm. I'm a lady. So, can you do your rap? <laughs> nah, because oh. can't. <laughs> Why? But you know, can you do yours? Well, I didn't say I had one. Okay, <laughs> I'll do. I have to do a better one. Okay. Can, I just want to what, be a rap like singer now. Now? Do my no, not now. Oh, yeah, this is what an anti-climax you are. I know it's a downer, isn't it? I reckon. Well, Suck. yeah, we're not going to talk about rap again this episode. Um, in fact, I am very excited about this week's topic, which we will get to very, very soon, and that's all about how to shoot, process, and print black and white film at home. Loving it because black and white is back. Uh, But we have a few shout-outs in the first place, don't we, Gina? Yes. Yes. All right. So we have a shout-out to Abigail Morris. Uh, who has said, I just want to say thank you to Gina and Valerie and all of you lovely people on this page. That's the Facebook page. Thank you for helping me push out of my comfort zone. I started listening to this podcast in 2015. I stumbled across it one day while I was searching everywhere for information about photography. I knew it was time to just go for it. After I heard the first episode, I was hooked. I was pregnant at the time. The podcasts got me through long, hot days at work during the summer. I want to share with you a picture of my daughter eating her dress. (laughs) 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 Yeah, That's in the Facebook group that I strongly believe I wouldn't have taken if it wasn't for this podcast. I can finally say I did it. I started my business and I have the courage to pursue my passion for photography. Thank you all. And that's from Abigail and Abigail's uh, business is Addie Rose Photography. That woo, is so woo. awesome. That made my day. It really did to hear that. That is so awesome. So awesome. Absolutely well brilliant. Done. And of course, if you want to check us out in the Facebook group, it's free to join. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook, and we would love to connect with you. Now, you also have a another link for us, don't you, Gina? 
Yes, and this is uh, a link that's kind of related to uh, what we're talking about today, which Mm -hmm. is how to shoot, process and print black and white film. But I stumbled across this. There's a guy by the name of uh, Levi Betweiser who uh, he was – Op shopping, looking for old cameras. He, he bought an old camera. He found that it had a roll of film in it. So he decided mm-hmm. to process it and there was images on it. And, and this sort of got him hooked mm-hmm. on the fact that there's all these really old cameras in the world mm-hmm. that people have had since the 50s that they shot photos on. They just actually forgot to take the film out and process them all. Yeah. So he started this, he started the Rescued Film Project where people donate uh, orphaned <laughs> rolls of film yeah, right. from the 1930s to 1990s and he develops them uh, and uh, rescuing these lost memories. And he's, he, the idea behind the project is one day he wants it to be this central point where they try and reunite the owner, you know, or the families mm. who were in the photos uh, with their photos. So I the people it. send them in and uh, he, will, he will send back uh, scans, digital scans of that, uh, of that film. So it's, it. uh, it's a brilliant don't, – don't you love that? And, and, you know, the thing that he loves about it is he's the very first person to see the shot. Because ah, uh, yes. the photographer has seen it through the viewfinder. Mm. But no one's actually seen it as an image. So, and and he recently recovered sixty six bundles of film shot by the same photographer in the nineteen fifties and never processed. Wow! The total roll count is estimated to be over twelve hundred rolls. But even more interesting is it's like they were all um, individually packaged and stored away. And now he's uh, with the help of some some other labs, he's uh, starting to process the films. And so he you've got this this sort of time machine valve You know, the the images of this family, like, yeah, sitting on the stoop up against the wall, sitting out the front of their house. But, like, it's – I think it's awesome. And and he finds – he gets all sorts of films uh, sent in from all over the place now. What a cool idea. What a fantastic idea. I love it. And if you want to check it out, you can have a look at rescuedfilm.com. And uh, we'll put the link in the show notes as well. And you can find those show notes uh, at G. Militia.com. Now, another link that we want to make sure that you go to is very, very important because uh, Gina is part of a fantastic, fantastic project that um, uh, oh, so much is involved in it. It, it, it. Essentially, there is um, a number of charities involved, and they will get a, uh, a they will get um, a huge donation at the end of this project. Now, this project is only from the nineteenth to the 25th of um, January, and that's American time. (laughs) So (laughs) Australian (laughs) listeners, that's probably the 20th to the uh, 26th. (laughs) But just get in there as soon as you can because there is an offer like I have not ever seen before. It is absolutely brilliant. Gina's involved in the five-day deal um, project and it is fantastic because there are thousands and thousands of, of dollars worth of product that you can purchase for an extremely low price. And to check it out, like like so low, 
you won't believe it. And to check yeah. it out, go to ginamilitia.com slash great offer. That's ginamilitia.com slash great offer. You will never see anything like this again. Uh, and, you know, Gina's never done anything like this before. So make sure you have a look at it um, and and register your interest or, or purchase it if, if you're ready to purchase. But it's only going to be on for five days from the 19th to the 25th of January. So go to ginamilitia.com slash great offer. Yes, woohoo. But now let us move on to how to shoot, process and print black and white film at home. I love Mm. this because, you know, this. I used to do this, not at home. I used to, you know, go to a dark room that wasn't in my home. But uh, I, I, it was such a, such a, oh, what's the word? It was just so exciting, that whole process of capturing the image or composing the image, capturing the image, and then actually watching it appear in front of your eyes. Yeah. Magic. In the tray in front of you. And um, it it was something just really tactile and physical about it because you were literally moving the print paper around in the tray and you were watching as this image appeared. It's, um, it's such a, such a cool thing to do. And I encourage anyone who hasn't done it just to at least experience it once. So you can see how photography developed, you know, pardon the pun. But where do we start on this, Gina? So I think we need a quote and I think I need to say that before you uh, know where you're going, you need to know where you've come from. So I think it's really important to understand photography a lot better if you understand film and how it works and at least like you said have a go so I'm uh, one of the generation of photographers that have spent uh, half their life shooting with film and the other half working with digital so mm. I started in film and I spent 15 minutes 15 minutes, minutes. <laughs> 15 years yes. shooting film and I've probably I was actually just having a look at my archives I've got them all here so they're all uh, files and files and files and files of negatives mm. and there's probably uh, there's thousands of rolls of film there wow. that I've shot uh, thousands and thousands and thousands and then uh, then I've spent the last 15 years shooting digital val so i can i can say that there's 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 a, there's a real difference and i'm not beating on digital i'm not saying that i'm going to drop everything and go back to film but there is something about it and and i think um there is a real movement growing towards film now, and as good as digital is, I think I'm going. We're going to be seeing a lot more art photographers mm. shooting in film, and so, like for everyday stuff, when when you're doing the, you know. Uh, you know, photographers that make their living from photography, so like do- documentaries, editorial, advertising, 
digital. Go nuts. It needs to be. It needs to be turned around quickly and just mm. for the sake of time and expense, digital is the way to go. And there's so much more you can do a bit with digital. But for the art side, for the love, for the craft of photography, there's something to be said about what can be done with film and the look and the feel and, and the, the fact that it's it's there's accidents that happen when you shoot film, happy yep. accidents. It's not that pristine look of uh, digital. So let's just break down a few of the differences between film and digital, Val, that okay. I've noticed. So uh, first thing, film's expensive. It's expensive to buy. It's expensive to process. So yep. in the years BD, before digital, <laughs> I was averaging about, you know, two to 4000 a month in film and lab costs. That's what it was costing me yeah. to run the business I had to pay. So... Um, But having said that, the compliance costs of digital are are also costly because you need to upgrade computers, laptops, softwares, hard drives, online storage, etc. But I still think uh, film is slightly more uh, costly. In in terms of time... I've noticed that the time I would spend at the end of the shoot in the darkroom processing, proofing, mm. printing my shots mm. is is now spent in front of a computer and probably longer. So the savings uh, in using digital as opposed to the cost of film, you've got to also factor in the dollar cost of uh, time that yeah. you, you're spending in front of the computer. Um, and... Okay, so they're sort of the the, the, the main sort of cost uh, elements there if film versus digital. The the main difference I've noticed between actual shooting with film and actually shooting with digital is that – Digital shites all over film when it comes to low-light photography. No contest, hands right. down, slam, knocked out in the first round. All gay, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> There's digital standing in the middle of the ring with its arms in the air. Okay. I am the champion. Doing that little dance that – I'm doing yeah. it now okay. as I say it. All right? Doing yeah. that little dance that, that boxes do. should be a video do, podcast. That you should probably uh, know how to do, Val, being cage fighter. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so that, that's been probably the biggest thing I've noticed with digital. Like you can go anywhere, you can go into a hot black hole and think I'm not going to get anything there. Just have a little bing of light and fantastic shots. So astrophotography, long exposure mm. photography, night photography has just gone leaps and bounds because digital, you can just do so much more, so much better, so much easier. In terms of um, getting detail in whites and highlights, film Mm -hmm. still shites all over digital in these areas. You can get a lot more detail in the highlights. So if you Mm. blow your highlights on digital, they're gone. It's white. There's nothing there. You get that horrible grey, so you've got to be Mm. really careful. But when you're exposing film, there is a lot more latitude. You can make mistakes when shooting film. And so... You know, that's it's it's a lot more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Having said that, it isn't when it comes to the shadows. So you, you, right. you're not going. It's harder to get all that super super detail in the shadows that you get with digital. And I've found that you know of late because I, I, I had to train myself out of shooting like I was shooting film, Val. And when you do yeah. something for a long long time, it's kind of like it's 
having to undo all that. So it's only in the last few years that I've really pushed uh, the digital process the way that I uh, expose my digital files, and of course cameras are getting better, but now I'm letting my darks go a lot more, as in underexposing them a lot more and going for the highlights, because if I know if I don't nail my highlights, I'm can't, I can't save them. I let my darks go, and then I rescue them in post-production. I can open up the shadows, right. and you can get so much more in the image when you when you when you shoot that way so when you're shooting with digital expose for the highlights yeah when you when you're shooting film expose for the shadows because you need to get your shadows right otherwise you're going to uh, miss out on the detail now, the other obvious plus of digital over film is the convenience. You know, digital, hands down, wins by a mile, of course. You pick up your camera, you do your shoot, you look on the back, there's the image, got it, you know, mm. done. It, the stress reduction is gone. I, you know, I do not miss the sleepless nights. And honestly, mm. you've been with me on shoots and I you've have. seen stress and yes. pace and outside pace. the lab, yeah, you, you pace. know, uh, back when I was a smoker, a packet of cigarettes waiting for the the film to be processed it was yeah. so so new. And you've got like everything is on those films. Yeah, it comes down to that to the guy processing your films, yeah. getting it right. So mm. very very stressful because you kind of think you've got the shot, mm. but you're not going to know for a hundred a hundred percent until it comes out of the lab. So yeah. uh, you know, digital is also a clear winner there mm. when it comes. Just a detail in the images, the medium format digital cameras are great. The 35, you're getting a lot more detail in 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 the images now that the um, the, the the sensors are bigger. Mm-hmm. But a medium format film mm-hmm. still, I believe, is king here as well. So, so when you're referring to medium, detail, what are you referring to specifically? So when you when you uh, say you do an up close uh, an up close shot of a face, a portrait, and you yep. you can use like a, a medium format uh, digital camera, you, uh, we, right? Mm-hmm. But you use a digital medium format film camera, you're going to get all that detail there. It's in there. It's in the film as well. So it's still rates. It that right. digital will uh, you know get better and there may be better cameras out there but from what i've seen um digital in medium format still king but they're getting better and better and better and better right but for the cost a medium format film camera but the extra hassle you're still going to get like a lot of super detail in that image Mm -hmm. so Back to the the cost, Val, Mm. the cost entry cost, film cameras, way cheaper. You buy a basic point and shoot for 10 bucks. You can buy an SLR for like 50. So if you want to go film, much cheaper, but then you've got the ongoing cost of Of the the, film. film. And then ease of use, obviously digital cameras have made everyone's life easier. And this I think is a fantastic thing because there are a lot more people now Mm. doing photography that probably wouldn't have done it in the film era because of yes, all the hassle. definitely. Right? So and there's the all this definitely. very talented artists out there uh, and I have some uh, very good friends that are in this mix that were put off by the technical and scientific 
components of photography and that they gave up. Mm. Whereas had they have possibly been born in the digital age, it would have been a lot easier to teach themselves. So looking at the back of the camera and seeing what's happening immediately, I think is going to help you with your understanding of, of how an image looks. So, the, you know, obviously there's good and bad uh, to both sides. The other one about health. So oh, yeah. I can remember when we used to process film, uh, late 90s, being in the dark room, Mm. closed off room, Mm. no ventilation, no gloves, and the photographer that I work with would have a cigarette lit from Mm. his mouth constantly, chain smoke through the whole thing, smoked in the dark room, and that's how we did it. That's how we rolled back then. And, you know, let's go back more Nana Tales when we were kids and... (laughs) Dad and mum used to drive us home. They, they'd have a few drinks. They you know. Well, if you survived the 70s, yeah. <laughs> we were brought up tough in those days. So yeah. the, it's kind of it's not great for your health, all those chemicals, and yeah. all the chemicals going into the environment probably aren't great for the environment either. But then, having said that, let's have a think about what we've swapped for. We've swapped for we were standing in with our hands in chemicals, yeah. right? A dark room. Now we sit all day in front of a computer. That's mm-hmm. just as detrimental to your health. You've got that blue light um, hitting your eyes. So I don't know if they cancel each other out, but I think digital is slightly in front there on the uh, on the health uh, sort of side of things. Mm. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> now, import- importantly. Um, Shooting and, and shooting with flow when you shoot. Now, the, the advent of digital and the fact that you see what's on the screen means that you're going to have to want to see the shot immediately, like you, as, if, as if you're not going to look when you know it's there, yeah, right? Of you, course. you look. We yeah. all look, mm-hmm. right? But when you're doing, particularly when you're doing a portrait shoot, and I try and encourage everyone when they're shooting portraits to not look, to back yourself because it's that moment that you look away that the person that you're photographing is going to look down, look to the side, react, laugh. You miss it. Mm. So so I, I, I think that, that sort of disconnect that happens when people are constantly looking at the back of the camera that they're not doing when they're shooting film, you are there 100%. You're yep. with that person that you're shooting. So I see that as an advantage and it's probably one of the qualities that I love about film is that the fact that you're in the flow yep. and that you're not controlling um, everything that happens so that, you know, there could be little accidents, little imperfections of the film. I love that about that. The other thing I love about film is I've just, as I said, pulled out my archives and had a look through. Now, I can tell you exactly where every every single roll of film that I took for the last 15 years is. I know where it is. I can lay my hands on it. Right. Okay. Uh, I can't say the same for every single digital file that I've shot in the last Seriously? years. I can say it for maybe 80 to 90%, but... Every single iPhone? Possibly not. I know there's some iPhone. There's maybe the first tiny little, you know, 250K, you know, little tiny first digital camera that we had as a snappy here. I don't Mm -hmm. know where those files are. (laughs) Yeah. 
And I bet you're in the same situation. Well, there true. must be images that you've taken on your phone that you actually don't know where they are because they went onto a computer, the computer got traded in at some point, yeah. someone got to back them up, where are they? Or they're yeah. on floppy disks. So th- there may be an entire generation uh, of kids growing up that won't have their life documented. You know, if I want to find a wedding photo of my mum, I can. I can find it. Yes. It's in print. So... Um, just as I'm here and thinking of this, go and take your iPhone and get get prints done and do it regularly or in print so that at least you've got copies because I don't think digital is archival as film is. And, in fact, uh, the filmmakers who are shooting digital now, digital movies, do you know how they back up their, their, their copies of no. the films? Back no. onto Back onto film. Really? Well, Yes. Goodness. Because it's not the, – the formats that we're using, like floppy disk is gone, CD's gone, DVD's gone. Mm, I like, see. Now we, so th- there'll be a reinvention, and so it, it's possibly in 50 to 100 years' time, those films may not exist or may not be uh, able to be opened because – they haven't been archived properly. Yeah, so there's yeah. a real danger of this whole, all this digital just going away. And it's like we're not going to be here, but for for the grandchildren and things <laughs> like that and future generations yes. who want to see that selfie of me that I took on my iPhone that I've lost, they're never going to see it. <laughs> or that selfie of you, Val. They're probably more. <laughs> see, that selfie of me is rare. Like there's probably one every five years. Yes. You know, so they're valuable. You <laughs> have taken more. <laughs> oh, my God. What is it with you and my selfies? I don't even take that many. You are so. You could, you could do a rap about your selfies. My name is Little Pineapple Tart. I do selfies. I love my cats. That doesn't even rhyme. I'm Chico Roll. It's, uh, it's another kind of a rap. It's okay. modern rap. Doesn't oh, need to. Right. Okay, it's Gina Rap. Oh, I studied Latin and that. <laughs> <laughs> now I weave and I bodyboard too. <laughs> okay, oh, I don't know how good you are at this, you know. Rapping? Yeah. Um, I stick to photography, Gina. Don't give up your day job. I reckon. To be. Um, MC Monkbean. No, I think <laughs> you're a better photographer than you are a rapper. Why couldn't I have eaten Nutella? Huh? What are I you talking about? I Nutella. I could have been oh. MC Nutella and I'm stuck with MC Monkbean. Yeah. I'm not happy. I, don't I know could what... have lied. I didn't. I was honest. Why would you eat mung beans anyway? I mean, gross. Yeah, but I like them. They're, oh. they're, like, they're really good How come you didn't you? eat them when I bought them for you at my house? Um... I don't know. I didn't feel like them then or I was probably sick of them. I'm on a roll now. We digress. Okay. So should we Mm. talk about how to shoot with film, Val? Okay. So this is how to shoot with black and white film, correct? Just yeah, to clarify. This, yes. So to, how to shoot with black and white. M- make it easy at the start. I mean, for this how to shoot process, you could probably use K 
color, but I think I'm going to give you uh, tips on shooting black and white okay, to make it so easier because then I want you to know how to process it and it's very difficult to process your own color film. You kind yeah. of need a science degree. It's very sciencey, <laughs> and you know me and science. We just, you know, yeah. don't get on. All right, fine. So presumably if you want to shoot with black and white film, you actually need a camera that's not a digital camera. That's actually a, a, an analogue camera, a film camera, right? Yeah, but you know what? Mm. Someone should invent yes. a dual film digital camera. Oh. Did it have to be a twin lens? I don't, yeah. I can't, I don't know how it would work. Okay. But it'd be cool. Anyway, yes, yes. I said this before, I should just invent my own. Yeah. So you, you do need a camera. Uh, I suggest you just go to your local secondhand shop, your thrift, you know, thrift shop, whatever, where they have like all those cash converters, you know, where people give give their stuff so that they can, yeah, they, they sell their shop. Pawn shop, that's it. P-A-W-N. Um, yes. To be clear. There's plenty of point and shoot film cameras there and they're like five or ten dollars mm-hmm. uh, so get yourself one of those that's maybe the first and it's just point and shoot so you're not thinking about exposure it just you just need to set your iso on the camera yep. the camera little hans analog hans mm-hmm. it's probably hans's older brother so it's probably Hans Senior, because Hans would be the kind of family that would just name all their kids the same name, don't you think, to make it easy? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's Hans, Hans Junior, Hans Junior. The what happens when it, Hans Junior has another child? What does that get called? Mm. Huh. I don't know, Grand Hans. You know, no, no, no. What are those families that they name like the, it's the same name, like the male gets the same name, and it's someone the third so yeah. it's so how do you say it so it's hans jr the third or oh, hans the whole so name I, I don't know oh so i don't even know what hans's surname is yeah maybe you should give him one <sighs> on the spot mm. well maybe he, they, he could be like the royal family well, in england they, they don't, don't have, have a surname, surname. they yeah. do but it's well it's they Windsor, just made it up it? They made it up. Yeah. I know. Mm. Wasn't that a good episode? <laughs> have you of watched course. the whole series now? Yes, We're I talking have. about The, the Crown. Crown. On mm. Netflix. Fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay, so he doesn't have a name like Cher or Madonna. He doesn't have a surname. So he's okay. just Hans. All right. He's like and Cher so, and Madonna. Okay. So it's Hans, the Hans Senior, who, mm-hmm. who, who worked the, uh, the film cameras, and uh, he programs it all. So you point and shoot, you just point and shoot. So you've shot your film. It's easy. If you – and I would just then go and buy cheap, no-frills black and white film. So you can probably get – there's probably knockoff versions of Kodak called Co-Duck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Kodak film. Kodak. Yeah. So you get yourself a roll of Kodak. And or, or Fuju film. <laughs> uh-huh. You amuse yourself. <laughs> you just crack yourself up. Kodak or Fuju film. Yeah. And uh, just so that you get the hang of it. Uh, and 
then if you so want to take it to the next, is, hang on. What you're saying is actually get a camera that is that doesn't enable you to control the aperture or the shutter speed. That's what you're no, saying. It's just a point and shoot. They're like five or ten dollars. It's okay. like those big clunky so bricks, ki- like kids' carry- cameras, Ca- cameras huh? for kids. They're not cameras for kids. We, no. like, everyone had one of these. It's a point and shoot. So okay. basically you put your film in, point, shoot, but it's a good start to get the, the feel of loading film into a camera yes. and taking shots without having to have all the stress mm. of, you know, worrying about an SLR. And, and then I'm just saying it's like, you know, taking baby steps because you don't want to jump in the deep end straight away and invest and then find that you don't really like it. So this is the sort of the cheapest way to do it is to get a roll of film, get a cheap little $10 camera, shoot the roll, and I would probably send it to a lab to get it processed. Mm. You do need to practice actually getting the film in the spool right because, you know, I remember in the early days where you would shoot what you thought was an entire roll of film and you'd open yeah. the back and the film didn't catch. So you had shot my nothing. My first roll at college, Val, my first <laughs> roll. So there I was at art school doing my photography and uh, everyone else has processed their film going, oh, my God, look at all the shots. They're so – I can't wait to process these. <laughs> Gina, clear, clear roll. And so showed the teacher and he just rolled his eyes and went, yeah, okay. <laughs> That was uh, that was my very first roll of film that Did I ever shot. Did it occur shot. to you that you didn't wind the film back? Didn't even think. I just went and wound back really quickly. No idea what I was doing. No clue. Go figure. Oh, that's so funny. Hey? Yeah. yeah. So... Um, that would be my best tip, just to get the hang of it. That's that's a great way to do it. If you want to then go next level, I would actually recommend buying a film that's a 400 ISO film because yeah. it gives you more options yeah. than a 100 because 100 you're limited to bright, Very bright, bright. sunlight, mm. uh, whereas a 400 gives you – you can maybe kind of do a window portrait inside. You're going to have more options. I like shooting in Triax, and that's the film of choice of an artist like Cartier-Bresson. He used Triax a lot. I like the look of its grain. I like – I. I just love the look of it. I love it so much, Val. You would marry it. I, I made a preset out of it. Oh. So this is Tri-X, and that's T-R-I and then X, Tri-X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's not Kodak. It's made by Kodak, <laughs> which is the original. We'll put all uh, of these in the show notes at ginamilitia.com in case you want to look them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, so and uh, a lot of photojournalists use that. So it's very popular in the sixties, seventies, and eighty, and it's still around. You can buy you can buy that film if you want to shoot color for this test roll. Uh, something like a Kodak uh, Porter four hundred uh, for Portra for color, uh, and it, it's sort of it's not a poppy color. It's 
kind of true to life colour. And then there's other films that will give you that sort of 1970s look to the shots and you can, you know, look out for those. So mm-hmm. next thing you need to do, load your film yep. carefully into the camera so that yep. it actually uh, attaches to the spool and you can feel it loading on. You mm. see the numbers coming up and that in itself is, is exciting. Mm. And then... If you want to get fancy and uh, shoot in manual mode, you will apply all the things that we've already learned about using a DSLR to using a manual mode camera. The only difference is you're not going to have the screen to check, Mm. but SLRs will have a light meter inside the camera so yeah. through the, you look through the viewfinder and you'll see the the marker at zero mm-hmm. and then there's a, a one and a two to the right and then to the left you'll have a minus one minus two and I think it's the other way around with Nikon and different cameras but you want to have your pointer so you set your ISO, you decide how you want your shot to look, set your aperture, and then you work your shutter speed to get your image right. So basically how to shoot in manual mode, if you're not sure and you want a refresher on that, uh, do you remember what episode that is? <laughs> I don't. But I do Lips want <laughs> I don't, but I do want to, you know, because there are some young people who listen to, the, to this podcast, and I do want to say that if you've never shot in film before, just remember that you actually have to buy the film at a particular ISO and that ISO applies for the entire role. So if you're buying an ISO of 400, every single um, image on that roll is shot at 400. You can't change it like you do. Like in a digital camera, you can just change your ISO in between shots if you want and it, it will just make the image to be that ISO. But once you buy a 400 ISO film, you set your, your camera at 400 ISO so it has to remain there for the entire shoot. And the other big difference between film and digital, a digital raw file is all the information is there, but the file is neutral when it comes out. And then we post-process it to add a look the look that we want to create with our file by adding, like you might add a Lightroom uh, action to it, you might add Photoshop actions, that's what gives it the look. With film, the look is in the film. So you'll get a Triax film which has a certain look to it or mm. a uh, Ilford type types of film. Mm. What was your knockoff? Fuji. What was your... Fuju and mm. Fuji all have a look. And that's how photographers set themselves apart from mm. each other when we were shooting film. It was the choice of film gave us the look that we were looking for. So certain photographers wanted maybe sort of flat, low contrast images. They would use a particular film and the way they processed it and then finally the way they printed it. And mm. and so it, it, it that, that's how you determined your style. So you pick the film based on what you want your end result to look like, how you want your shot. So if you want high contrast, lots of grain, pick a pick a film that's known for that and, and there's lots around and, and, and so, yeah, that's that's an important thing. But we're starting with – I suggest you start with Triax and if you love it, then research some some others that, that you might like as well. Try FP4 as well. That's, uh, that's another one and um, Plus X is another good one. T-Max as well. So mm-hmm. um, you've picked your film, you've loaded it. 
we've uh, worked out how to... Now, if you're exposing film, as I said, expose for the shadows. Mm -hmm. So you get a nice black overexposed by uh, half a stop to one stop is better with Mm -hmm. film because you get all the detail in your blacks. And if you're shooting ore, you can actually just set your ISO to 200 and that's the same as overexposing Mm because you you should have been right. So that's the way... But do you you then have to do that for the whole role or you're doing it just for that shot? So here's here's another thing that I would do as an exercise with so after I've shot my dummy roll just to have fun and mm. now I'm doing it for reels and I've got my you know SLR and I'm really loving it and I want mm. to get into it mm. get yourself a notebook and because you're shooting film it should be an analog notebook. Yeah. It's in paper and a pen, yeah. a good notebook, and keep a record of every frame. And so you'll know the camera tells you the frame number at the top. Yeah. There's a little little hole in the camera that says frame one, frame two. So take a record of where it is that you're shooting, the frame number, and the ISO aperture and shutter speed that you used for that particular shot and then when you get your film back you can say and and maybe bracket so underexposed by half a stop by a stop uh, get it at zero first for a shot and then plus a half stop plus one stop plus two stops and th- that would be a good way to see what the film does and how how it works with the camera so you can see oh hang on if i overexpose by stop i get so much more detail in yeah. my highlights and my blacks look better but it actually looks and and then you can play around with that so that's a really good way of a, a really good um sort of technique to when you're shooting with film just keep a record the other thing i suggest you do if you have a digital camera for the mm-hmm. first couple of times that you're going out use your digital camera as kind of maybe your light meter or a reference for the camera so you can take a shot with the digital mm. as a positional to, to to know well this is what my light is this is looking right now i can take my film shot mm-hmm it's a good good way to see what you're doing. Great. That doesn't answer my question though. And my question was, um, if you're using say 400 film, because otherwise, you know, I, I want to clarify this because I just told listeners something different. Um, if you're using say 400 ISO film, and you're suggesting that we want to overexpose by half a stop, which can be done by um, uh, changing your your aperture. Um, or setting your ISO to 200. My question is, are you suggesting that we just set the ISO for 200 for that particular shot or for the whole roll? Well, you could do it for that particular shot if you remember and you write it down, or I think it's be consistent and do it for the whole roll and mm-hmm. then see see how it looks. But okay. I think for the first roll, so that everyone doesn't get confused, mm-hmm. stick to the ISO that the, the manufacturer recommends. Yep. So if you buy 400, shoot it at 400 yep. and then do the experiment of shooting it at the exposure that the camera says is correct, mm-hmm. then doing half a stop under, a stop under, two stops under and then half a stop over, a stop over, 
and mm-hmm. two stops over and see see how it looks and then somewhere in there you're going to find the sweet spot where if you're shooting portraits, wow, I like how the skin tone looks. And I, I always found that if I overexposed, it was really nice on the skin tones. It's, yes. it's same same as digital, um, but you, you'll need to know what looks best for what you want in a mm. photo. So I, I think, sorry to confuse you, but keep it consistent and go with that. And then as you want to get fancier down the track, you can then um, start playing around with the, the ISO values of the film. And there's things you can do in the processing by changing the processing times when you process the film and you mm-hmm. can actually get more detail in your highlights mm-hmm. and more detail in the blacks uh, so like a, a longer a wider tonal range mm-hmm. if you rate the film lower than it says to and then you process it at a, a weaker dilution for I think it's a longer time uh, and I can't tell you the exact formulas because I've actually forgotten Val mm-hmm. but um but that's what I used to do with my Triax. I rated it at 200 and then I processed it uh, sli- uh, slightly differently with, a, uh, I think, a, a slightly more diluted developer and I got these beautiful tonal ranges. So I could shoot a dark-skinned person in a white suit on a bright on a beach on a bright sunny day and get all the tones in between. And that, mm. was, uh, that was a trick I learned from one of the guys I was working in a lab with was, was teaching me stuff like that. So there's so much you can do, but... but Remember, film is very forgiving, so it's a lot more forgiving on bright sunny days. You're going to find that you get you pick up a lot more detail where digital is going to maybe blow out your highlights. Mm. Film picks it up, so mm. it's 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 really interesting to see all of that. And the unknown quantity is the bit that I'm most excited about. It's those little I didn't know that would happen. Whereas yeah. in digital, you already knew you you were tweaking and adjusting to get everything perfect. But that's like you don't know. Exactly exactly what you're going to get that's exciting mm, mm. christmas every day with film <laughs> okay what's in here i don't know what i'm gonna get awesome. um all right so should we talk about how to develop film yeah absolutely let's i mean yeah is it hard to do this it, is hmm? where it gets so exciting mm-hmm. so exciting so i've actually um built a couple of dark rooms in my time a few mm. and um i there was i had a uh yeah, a few. So, and there was one that I actually built at home. So, when I was uh, having my children when they were babies, for the first two years that they were babies, I worked out of the first year and a half. I, I moved my business to home so that mm-hmm. I could be around them, mm-hmm. and and built a dark room in the laundry. Yeah, right. And so it's a lot easier. Like people think, oh, you've got to paint the walls black and you've got to black everything out. No, mm. this was actually where I washed the nappies as well yeah. in between. <laughs> so it would be I'd do a load of washing and then I'd clear everything out, set it up as a dark room and use it as a dark room, right? Mm. And I actually had the enlarger on the washing machine, perfect height for an enlarger, <laughs> okay? So in terms of um, – Mixing uh, chemicals to develop film, you don't need – you don't even need a dark room. So if you just want to go to the step of – uh, processing the films only and then mm. maybe from after that getting them scanned and printing them from your computer, you can do that um, in your bathroom, in your laundry, in any room. You can use a 
changing bag, which is just a, a black bag that you put yeah. your hands in that you can uh, load the films in that way. Mm. So you don't even need a dark room because the actual process mm. of developing film happens with the lights on, as mm. you would well, well remember, Val. Yes, so yes. Let's, let's, let's run through what you need. So basically mm-hmm. you need either a dark room or a change bag to load films. And maybe just describe to people what a change bag is. So a change bag is like uh, imagine a, uh, a black, large black garbage bag, okay, mm-hmm. that if you, you – but it's sealed off and it's light sealed, mm. okay, and so you can open it up, place, place an item inside it and then seal it up again and then it's got um, places where your hands can go mm-hmm. that are also light sealed. So you've created this like like a mini dark a room. Black room. The, a black room which yeah. is as big as a, you know, a small, a small handbag. Yeah. So you can actually put your film and your developing tank into that. So uh, I've actually uh, put images of the uh, an image of a change bag in the show notes so that people can see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, so you use that, or you might want to seal off a a part of your house, like a small room, or put yourself in a cupboard. That's been done before to yeah. load films. And the first thing you need to do is uh, get a a tank to develop the films in. And the tank is about the size of – they vary in size, but about the size of a a small – a little bit fatter than a wine bottle, about as tall, Mm -hmm. uh, to do several rolls of film or you can get the shorter ones. And they come in completely plastic Mm -hmm. or you can get them in in stainless steel. I prefer the stainless steel, but – the plastic Patterson ones are good. I've put links in the show notes uh, for that. But basically what what you want to do, and a good hint is if you're doing it in a dark room, not in a changing bag, leave your mobile phone outside because mm. if you get a text message mm, and it lights up, while you're, it lights up, That that's enough to fog the film. That's, yeah. So there needs to be no light as, uh, uh, around as, you know, when you're doing this, it needs to be complete darkness. So I yep. think that's why the change bag is a good idea they're about 20 bucks so I think mm-hmm. it's a, a good tip so what you need to do the first thing you need to do is remove the film from the container mm. and so the easiest way to do this is uh, with a with a can opener you can actually pop the lid of the contain of the film canister with a can opener mm. and then so you've got the film just, that comes out just to remind everyone, this is after you've shot the film and you've rewound it. So because with film it goes from, you know, left to right as it's taking the shot. And once you're done, you've got to, you've got to rewind it, right? Into exactly. the original container and make sure all of it is in the original container so it's all 100% self-contained. And that doesn't have to be in the dark. Obviously, you carry that around. But once yep. you – but now you have to get it out of that container. So that's where the change bag comes in and you're saying a can opener. A can opener will mm-hmm. just pop the pop the lid off okay. as well. 
So then you're left with uh, all the film that's attached to a little plastic spool that's inside that canister at the yep. very end, but you've also got the start of the film, which was the part that went into the camera that you fed into the camera when yes. you were loading it. So it's like uh, half, it's actually, half the size. Uh, yeah, of it's the like film. A, a little, it's called the tongue of the film. Yep. You need to cut that off so mm-hmm. that the, the end of the film is uh, square. It's just like there, there is no, it's even mm-hmm. all the way through there so you lose that that first bit which is the bit that leads into the camera when you're loading it in that gets cut off Mm -hmm. the next step is very tricky to describe on a podcast Val so what I've done is I've found a YouTube video of someone loading a uh, a film uh, canister for you uh, and and it shows you how to do it because it's like impossible for me to describe this part mm-hmm. is the hardest part of all, and this is the mm-hmm. part that people get wrong and they muck up and you kink the film, there's tears. <laughs> this is the this, so what what I used to do with assistance, what I was taught to do when I was first starting out is there would be a dummy roll, so you just find a cheap roll of like go buy yourself some koduk or koduk. <laughs> <laughs> I like koduk. Yeah, okay, Kodok, I like that too. So just a cheap roll of film and use that as your dummy. So you're never going to process it, but you can practice loading the 35mm film onto the spool that it's going to go onto to be developed. So basically what this is is if you can imagine um, uh, like a – do you want to describe a spool for me, Val? Um, you mean the plastic thing that you roll the film yeah. onto? Yeah. Well, it's a spool. It's just a plastic spool, right? So basically you feed the film into that and it goes around and around and around and the, all the sections of film just wind into this spool but they're not touching each other so that the developer can can evenly flow over all sides of the film when it's in the canister. So that's basically it. Getting it into onto the spool is tricky, mm. um, so you need to practice. So get a dummy roll, have a practice, have a look at the video. You, it, like Once you get it, uh, it's easy, and then once you film, are all loaded on then you put them into the container mm-hmm. you put the lid on and uh, the lid actually allows liquid to go in it's li- it, it allows liquid to go in and come out but it's still light sealed mm-hmm. so um, that's how you add the, the chemicals to your film now this is the, the, the next part is where you start it starts to get exciting because you're adding your chemicals so um this is this is the important thing is you want to check that you've got your lid on properly mm-hmm. and do this five times. Do it ten times. Check, Be so check. paranoid. Check, okay. check everything's locked in, that you haven't actually left the lid on or forgotten something. Don't mm. multitask at this time. Mm. This is crucial because your film, if there is any – if the cap's not on the container properly – uh, and there's any light leak in, you've damaged, you've ruined your film. And mm. the reason I know this, Val, is when in the first year I was assisting, I was 23, mm. 22, mm. Um, I was developing – I was my main job in the morning is I would come in and I would process film for the photographer that I was working with. He was doing big deal uh, photo shoots with big celebs, you know, yeah. people like Kylie and all of that. 
I was uh, so I'd come in a couple of hours ahead of him, and I'd go into the dark room and I'd process his film. I got cocky, didn't I? Is that surprise? <laughs> oh, what a surprise! <laughs> so, can you imagine this? So, I'd be in the dark room and mm-hmm. I'd be like uh, ringing all my friends because yeah. I was there by myself and going, "Yeah." So anyway, and there we were, and he looked at me. He looked at me and <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I've got to add the developer. I've got to add the developer. So I'm turning the lights <gasps> on and off as I'm on the phone and doing this and I had it down and I'd pro- and that's what I would do every day so I had this container it had eight rolls of film from the shoot the day before yeah and I'm doing one of these yeah 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 wait 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 t- telling a really good story yeah. and then I hang on I've got to turn the lights on I got to check something and because I was so involved in the story that I'm telling oh I turn the lights on and my heart sank oh. I'd left the lid off oh. I'd left the lid off I'd left the lid off. I ruined eight rolls of film. So oh. it was maybe 9.30. The photographer didn't arrive till 10.30. I had an hour to just sit there and go, what have I done? I ruined eight rolls of film. There's no, they're gone. It's yeah, over. Gone. It's an entire shoot. So to sit there. So I thought about just, I'll just leave. I'll just go. I'll just leave the country. I went through all of that. Anyway, he arrived and I just told him, I said, I... I was an idiot. I ruined all eight rolls of your film. It's my fault. I left the lid off. I'm so sorry. And then I burst into tears. (laughs) He forgave me. That was awful. I never want to have that feeling again. I don't want anyone else to have that feeling again. Check the lid. Okay. (laughs) So... So when you've got all the all the dry film in the con- container loaded onto the spool, you need to get all your chemicals ready. So um, and uh, just be aware all these chemicals, dangerous fumes. So make sure it's well ventilated yes. and you wear gloves. And really important, please, please, please keep all these chemicals safely locked away and up high, out of reach from children and pets and wear a mask and gloves because it's 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 pretty nasty stuff mm-hmm. so you mix your developer and um there are all sorts of different dilutions you, you can make but you mix your developer and then that that goes into the container first and there mm-hmm. is a process now to developing you 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 Put it in, and the first thing you need to do is bash the, give the container a little tap Mm -hmm. to get rid of any air bubbles, and then for however long the development time, according to now each developer is going to be different. The processing time is longer or shorter depending on the batch. You need to, um, for every minute that you're developing, you need to agitate the film for about 20 seconds. And by agitate, it's rotate the film gently. So turning it upside down and back uh, around in a really gentle way. And it's really important that you do this gently because if you just shake it up like you're making cocktails, (laughs) right, um, you're going to make the film really, really grainy. So this is an important step um, mm-hmm. in, in getting a nice, even development of your film. After the film has uh, finished processing, you then tip that out into a, a, another container that you'll dispose of safely, and then you add stop bath, mm-hmm. stops the processing, and then that happens for another couple of minutes. You agitate that gently, tip the stop bath out into a container to be disposed of carefully later, mm-hmm. and then you add the fix, which uh, which fixes the film emulsion. 
Mm-hmm. And that's another, I think, two or three minute process. And then the the next step is uh, the film has now been processed. Then you that, that's when I would open it up, have a look and check. Oh, my God, there's stuff on there. Yeah, I think I got it. Oh, that's a good shot. You have a good peek. Mm-hmm. Then you rinse it out. Um, and then you uh, give it a good rinse and add uh, rinse aid to, to the process. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's uh, that. That's it. So uh, it's usually about uh, t- ten or twenty minutes to uh, rinse rinse the film, and uh, the rinse aid that helps it dry without watermarks. Because if you just use um, if you just let it dry on its own, the water will, will will dry unevenly, and you get watermarks on your negatives, and you see that in the print. So it's really important that the water flows off nice and neatly and mm. cleanly, and you don't have any marks or dust. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean now it does. It might sound complicated, but really, it's it, it and it. it and it probably sounds complicated if you've never done it before, but really, it's no harder than cooking, you know, than following a recipe with it's a thermomix. It's no harder than boiling eggs. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a matter of like it the, the load the load the film into a canister, have all your chemicals ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need to be at a twenty degrees Celsius to 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 work. You have them measured out, ready to go. The hard part is loading the film in the dark, but then mm-hmm. once that's done, the films are in the can- canister, t- lights on, and you can do the rest in uh, just on a, a bench in your laundry or, or bathroom. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, following the steps in that exact order, developer, yep. stop, fixer, rinse. Once the rinse is done, you hang, find somewhere to hang the hang the films to dry. So an old cupboard works really well if you don't have access to an old dust-free cupboard, like those plastic, those old metal filing, you know, those old metal sort of Janin accounts would have them in yes. a garage door. You know those ones, like broom like, cupboards and like, like a that? locker. Yes, perfect. Mm-hmm. They're perfect for hanging film. So if you happen to have one of those, you know, vacuum it out, give it a good wash, make sure it's free of dust, hang your film in there. Um, so a peg at the top, a peg at the bottom, so it dries nice and straight. Mm. And um, and once it's once it's done, you 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 cut it up again. Please dry the film slowly. And again, let me just tell you another crucial mistake that I made. My first PR shoot fell. Mm-hmm. Eddie Maguire is one of the probably he's he's like in a, in a, in our country he's like a really well known media personality. This this was like twenty four over twenty five years ago. I got my first PR gig yeah. photographing him for some launch. It was a rush job, so they needed the files same day. So I had to pr- rush back, process the films, hang them, mm. and then I thought, but I, I know a quicker way to dry my films, don't I? Because I'm cocky. Hair dryer. And, uh, yes. <laughs> I tried them with a hairdryer, <laughs> and um, and I thought, I thought, why isn't anyone? As I'm doing it, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so clever! It's like the time I decided to dry my undies in the uh, microwave oh when god. I was late for work one day, thinking the same thing. Oh I am so god. clever. They caught on fire. Oh my god! The that's film, so dumb. and yeah, the film uh, didn't 
catch on fire, but what happened is it melted the emulsion. I <laughs> stuffed it up. I stuffed it up. So oh I, luckily like, I ruined a roll of film before realising that, like, that's not a good idea, and so I let the others dry properly. So just let it air dry naturally mm-hmm. is the best way, and it's patience, patience, patience when yes. it comes to film. Right. <laughs> so once it's dry... So, yeah, so you can – people do, suggest that you use a squeegee to remove the excess water and if you are completely one of these people that, you know, is so meticulous and gets rid of dust and, you, you know, is very, very careful, then a squeegee works. But if you're someone like me, there's always going to be crud in the in the squeegee thing and I would always get scratches on my film. So I never used to use a squeegee. Some people used to use their fingers, just two fingers down the film just wow. to – rid of the excess water mm-hmm. okay so, so once you yeah. once the film is dry what um what happens so then you cut it into film strips and uh you so then how many need, in a strip so it's into into sixes is generally okay. so a roll of 36 yep. six 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 and six so and then you put it into an archival sleeve, sleeve so yes. if all of these I've uh, linked to uh, places where you can buy these if you're interested. So um, all these items, and uh, yeah, and then you can either just uh, you can then if you have a scanner, a film scanner at home, you can then scan those negatives and uh, print them off your computer, like work on the files like that. You can mm-hmm. send them off to be scanned, or you can uh, print, print them. them at home in your very own dark room. Mm, cool. So uh, have we got time for that, Val? Well, um, can we can we do a summary of how you would yeah, um, so, yeah, so print, if you want to print, print in your home, own dark room? Because I remember yeah. my grandfather used to have yeah. his own makeshift dark room. Again, so a laundry or something like that mm. or a bathroom works well. You do need an enlarger to do this. Now, you, they're about between three and $800 uh, on new, but I'm sure they're kicking around. There must be thousands of them on. I mean, I threw like Can three or Can I just make a suggestion? Out. I actually yep. think your first time, if you've never done it before, hire a dark room and have a yes. go there and once you decide that you know you've experienced it and you like it then uh Maybe. understand that it's it's it is just as simple to do it at home you just need to but i think try experience it first not yep. at home <laughs> So there's lots of co-ops around that 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 you can hire dark rooms for. So there's like these dark room cafes around that I've heard of. So um, yeah. So basically, you need the enlarger, paper, some trays, tongs, developer, which is different to the film developer. This is now paper developer, stop, fix, easel, dark room, and safe lights. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the difference now is. Again, if you want a certain look to your images, it's in the paper stock, Val, and the developer that you use. So, like, you can get papers that are warm in tone. You can get papers that are cold in tone. You can get papers that are high contrast. You can get papers that are medium contrast. So, like, the paper stock that you use to print on is also going to influence the look and the feel of of the print. So, the, so here's the thing. Papers. With, try out different papers. You can get... Um, 
sample packs where they might give you several different kinds mm-hmm. or you might want to rummage around and see that someone might be selling uh, excess stock or just clearing out their, you know, clearing out their archives and they found paper and they, they don't want to use it, they might be selling it. So you might be able to pick some up um, hopefully that's been looked after fairly cheaply. So, um, yeah, so and then it's basically the, the same order as you print, um, you, you develop your film. So you need to expose the file onto a sheet of uh, photographic paper. You need to do a test of the time that the negative is exposed on the paper. So light passes through the negative in a dark room onto the paper, the mm-hmm. positive. You mm-hmm. get a positive image on the paper, so it's mm-hmm. exposed to light. That that photographic paper then goes into the developer and the image, the positive image comes up and then when it's stopped developing, it goes into the stop bath to completely stop the developing process and then it goes into the fixer to... Uh, um, seal, mm. sort of seal and save the emulsion, and then mm-hmm. it's rinsed um, and hung up. And so, and hung up, and uh, Bob's your uncle, and Jan's in accounts. And so, <laughs> and so the, the trick is to uh, exposing the film, the negative onto the paper is a bit tricky and fiddling, and you need to test different uh, exposure times to get the right. Uh, exposure onto the the paper so that, that's where a bit of experimenting comes in and uh, but that's the fun of it because well, you, we'll, you then control the look of the shot we'll put some more detail in the show notes but um uh, for anyone who has never done this before this is what we used to do before digital photography <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's thinking why <laughs> I just take a shot, come home, stick the card. It don't even have to like wirelessly transmit the card to my computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, need an Instagram filter done, and it's on Facebook. And <laughs> Nana is still um, driving back from the location with a you know 1960 SLR. <laughs> so even though um, it might sound complicated and granted you're not going to set up an entire dark room at home on your first go we do encourage you to sample what it's like to to work in a dark room because it is quite an amazing experience so if you can hire one or find a photography club uh, that will enable you to gain access to a dark room, then please do it because it's, as I said, it's a very tactile experience and you are really creating that image with your hands um, from every step of the way. So, um, you know, and if for those of you who end up loving the process, yeah, you can set up your dark room at home. But um, we encourage you to give it a go anyway. So it's sexy, Val. You don't know very... what you're going to get. It's all of that, all the all the variables you cannot control, like how the paper reacts, how the particular water was flowing on that day, or the chemicals in the water are going to affect the look of the. There's all these variables completely out of your control, and yeah. so you're never going to get a like a print that looks exactly the same right. as another one that you did on another day by a different person. That is the beauty of it. And that's what makes it so special. And it is time consuming, but 
guess what? Good things take time. Yeah. It's worth experiencing. It really is. Now, because Gina is obsessed with black and white at the moment, yep. uh, she's got some giveaways. Is that right? Yeah, so in the next newsletter, Val, I'm giving away, I, I developed, so if you, you you love all of this but you don't want the hassle, then I actually <laughs> created a Tri-X Look Lightroom preset that I am giving away to my newsletter subscribers. So that will be uh, next week, Val, that so will come out. that is being given away for free and it's only to newsletter subscribers. So yes. make sure that you have signed up at GinaMilicia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. Now, for those of you who are members of the gold community and we love you, you're awesome. And, of course, you can find out more about the gold community at GinaMilicia.com. And uh, gold members basically get regular tutorials from Gina but also live masterminds and photo critiques and basically the opportunity to ask Gina any questions about your photography or about her photography. Now, the gold members will not only get the free Tri-X Lightroom preset but will also get Gina's um, film presets, which she has called – what have you called it, Gina? <laughs> I could crack myself up. I've called the pack bringing sexy back. Okay. <laughs> and these are awesome presets as well. So gold members, keep a lookout for that and you will get a notification when they are ready. But in the meantime, everyone else, sign up to Gina's newsletter at GinaMilitia.com. And, of course, make sure you do check out the amazing offer that it is, that is available with the five-day deal that Gina is involved in and it's only going to be from the 19th till the 25th of January 2017 but check it out uh, and you can check it out at Gina Militia that's M-I-L-I-C-I-A dot com slash great offer so Gina Militia awesome stuff in there Val awesome 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 really really incredible deal that you will never see again because you get thousands of dollars worth of stuff for a ex- ridiculously low price. I even can't believe the price that it, that it's going for. GinaMilitia.com slash great offer. So until we chat again, uh, what are you doing tonight? Are you get, doing writing a few Getting more Getting on raps? a plane, Val, yes. <laughs> Getting on a plane. Right. So heading off. I'll be away for about eight days and ah. uh, off to New Zealand, and Fantastic. I've got a three-day corporate shoot, and then I've tacked on a bit of uh, Gina time to uh, head off and uh, shoot Gina some time. stuff for the gold, and uh, see see a few. So I'm excited and take some photos, and yeah, can't wait, Val. So Great. check my Instagram because hopefully I'll be be sharing some some images from there. Yep, wonderful. Okay, I will not be in New Zealand. I will be here. <laughs> Boogie boarding, Val? P- quite possibly, yes. I went to the beach yesterday. It was super fun. Woo. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know who you are anymore. No. I just don't know who you are, honestly. <laughs> oh, little pineapple tart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've gone a little bit long today. Thank you for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again very soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.